Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello there and welcome to Dogs With Jobs. I'm Kate Fairweather, it's lovely to have you with me and I've got a wonderful episode for you today. It comes to you from the Isle of May, which is a little tiny island off the east coast of Scotland and we're hearing about a wonderful team of five dogs, four of whom were professional detection dogs before they went, but this was their first conservation project and we've got a fifth one, an amateur, who was trained up in conservation detection for this particular particular project and went along. I was completely enchanted when I heard about it because I've always wanted to go to the Scottish Islands and we've had a run of conservation dogs all doing very different things um, and all very different tales. This one to me, (laughs) I don't know, it's just very Scottish. It's got puffins and boats and underground nesting birds and it's just a real joy. Uh, We're talking about storm petrels which is a kind of uh, nesting bird. They're quite difficult to survey. They're difficult because they spend their lives out at sea but when they are breeding and they come to an island like the Isle of May to breed they nest underground and they only come out at night. which makes them rather difficult to survey. And there's a really distinct time window that my guest today, Simon Chapman, uh, had in order to go and survey them. The thing with storm petrels is they share (laughs) the burrows with rabbits and the puffins. Oh, my gosh. I'm just thinking major distraction for your dogs. So obviously we then had to get the scent of lots of rabbits uh, off the island, um, lots of scents of puffins, rabbit droppings, lots of bird poo type things, so we could use those as distracting odours or proofing odours. So it's rather a wonderful story, really, because it was the first time, um, certainly at the time, and may still be, the first time in UK conservation that sniffer dogs have been used to locate a seabird colony. So it's a bit of a first. It's a lovely tale. Um, I loved all the characters involved and all the things they had to overcome for this survey for Nature Scotland. So before we dive in, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do give us a follow, give us a review or a rating. Everything helps. And always remember, I am always interested in finding dogs that do interesting jobs. So do get in touch. I'll let you know how in the show notes and on the website. Here we go. I'm talking to Simon Chapman all about his trip to the Isle of May. Tell us about your dogs, Simon. Well, I've actually got six dogs. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> two of the dogs that we took out to the island, which we'll be talking about uh, later, is Storm, a Belgian Shepherd, Malamois, and Molly, a Sprocker. Oh, lovely. And yeah. they look gorgeous. Mm. Yes. Yes, they're hard work, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep me on my toes. Before we talk about Molly particularly, I guess, but... Mm. Um, how did you get into the whole business of handling? Uh, always had a, a really keen interest in dogs. Um, worked with dogs in the military on and off. Um, and then after the military, just got into it. Um, I run a, a business up in Scotland. Started six, seven years ago now. Just built up over periods. We've got a, we do a lot of pet dogs stuff, obedience, all of those work disciplines. But we've also got the commercial side of things as well. Drugs dog, bed bug detection dogs, conservation dogs, um, and I'm a training officer for a search and uh, rescue team as well. Oh wow! So you've got the full gambit. Oh, you really <laughs> yeah, have. Yeah. So the thing that I wanted to talk about for this episode, because 
I've never been to the Scottish Islands and I've always wanted to. And tell me about what took you there and which dogs went with you. I've got a a summer job other than doing dogs as a a boatman out to an island called the Isle of May on the east coast of uh, Scotland. Um, And obviously know the rangers and the wardens out there. They know I've got dogs. Um, David, the uh, reserve manager, asked me, off-the-cuff type throwaway comment, could I train a dog to find a certain bird? And I said yes, and I think he was a bit gobsmacked. Um, <laughs> Which I would have been. So explain, is that a flying bird, a ground-nesting bird? It's a, a ground-nesting bird. It's a storm petrel bird he, right. he was um, mostly interested in, uh, which is quite small. It's nocturnal. Historically, they've not been found on the um, east coast of Scotland. You find yep. them more on the west coast, on the islands on the west coast. They've caught a couple of these birds in their nets when they're ringing. Um, and the Isle of May is famous for its puffins. They've wow, got 92,000 okay. puffins or 46,000 breeding pairs on there. Um, so these birds, they knew they were in the area, but they didn't know if they were nesting and breeding. You know, I know a lot of conservation people listen to this, yeah. but for anyone who isn't involved in conservation, I, why would you want to know what's the point? Uh, I think just as a, a, a bird surveyor type thing, I'd say that, that they knew they were breeding and nesting on the west coast but there was no record on the east coast so I think once they caught a couple of these birds they were sort of that tweaked their interest a little bit um so they just wanted to confirm it because they are nocturnal um historically when they uh, confirm a bird's nesting they play the um call of the male to the female underground she aren't answer it but right. it's obviously a very long drawn out process um and you've <laughs> got to make you know, yeah. you've got to make sure the female's underground to get that reply as well uh with the dogs obviously it speeds up the whole process they can cover the ground a lot quicker um it, it's just a, a win-win situation for the, the the bird researchers so what happened after that throwaway remark and and the realization um, for him perhaps well, that he i think help? He, he sort of went away and had a think about it um he'd done a little bit of research um he actually found out that a couple of um wardens or people on different places are trained their own pet dogs and had a bit of a sort of hit and miss thing uh, so he came back to me and said would i be interested in training some dogs to do it as a, 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 a a sort of a contract for Nature Scotland and I said yeah definitely but I obviously need a sample or lots of samples of different types of birds so that um, started the process going every time they caught a storm petrel bird in the mist nets um, I'd gave them lots of sterile jars and swabs they took swabs of lots of different birds um, male female older birds juvenile birds so we grew a sort of a data bank of different birds all storm petrels yeah. but different ages different you yeah, know just so okay. we could sort of generalize um the bird okay. more than anything the isle of may like i said there's uh 40s. tell me about it how wh- well, it, where is it give us give us a sense of it's what it's like just off the uh little uh sort of touristy place called anstruther it's five okay. miles out to sea it's actually in the north sea um it's only a mile long by 500 uh, yards it is oh, widest point yeah. um it's a nature reserve uh, run by Nature Scotland. And I say it's, it's full of puffins. It's full Amazing. of lots of different birds. Um, but when we took the dogs over there, it was sort of late September. All, majority of the birds had left. However, the storm petrels being late breeders, 
that some of them were still underground. The thing with storm petrels is that they share <laughs> the burrows with rabbits and the puffins. Oh my gosh, I'm just thinking major distraction for yeah, your dogs. Yeah, yeah, so obviously we then had to get the scent of lots of rabbits uh, off the island, um, lots of scents of puffins, rabbit droppings, lots of bird poo type things so we could use those as distracting odors or proofing odors. So this was before you went you were accustomizing your dogs to ignoring a whole bunch of different scents as many as you could think of to proof against in order to get them zoning in on this one Yeah so they just hit on the the scent of the storm petrol and also it's out on an island Um, luckily both my dogs had done some boat work, um, but none of the other three dogs that we'd taken out there. So we had to accustom the dogs to going out on a rib, a fast boat as well, okay. out in the middle of the North Sea. So, yeah, there was <laughs> lots of elements to it. It wasn't just oh, imprint the dog on a storm petrol. There was lots of... And different... tell me, when, when you're working on an island... I'm assuming the wind is significant, that yeah. kind of thing. How, how does that play out with the dogs? Obviously, the island's in the middle of the North Sea. Um, the, the saving grace was these birds are underground. It was just a case of getting the dogs to do line searches and transit searches and just put their nose over every hole that they came Now, through. let me hold you there. Line searches and transit searches. Yeah. Explain that um, for someone well, the, who wouldn't know. Basically, just get the dog to try and walk in a straight line. Um, so you just train the dog on a piece of rope or a dog lead, and it just puts its nose either side of that. Right. And also train it to put its nose in holes, basically. Right. Um, every hole we come across, because storm petrels are very small, puffing burrows are quite large, uh, so we had to do it on every hole that we came across. And right. imagine there's every sort of 18 to 20 inches as a whole and it's on a an island that's quite undulating we've got sea cliffs one side the other side of the island's quite sort of gentle but it's undulating there's rocky outcrops everywhere and so it's all done online because we've got rabbits running around everywhere <laughs> as distractions as well how long did it take um i think from that initial sort of talk uh to where it's actually getting on the island was probably about three and a half months so wow so this is with the same team of dogs do you have five people working the five dogs no i took two of my dogs and we had um a couple three other handlers working their dogs as well we didn't search the whole area because we we were having to go out there because there was visitors the island the island was open we couldn't take the dogs out there when the visitors were out on the right. island obviously we had to take the weather to account because it's in the middle of the north sea yeah five miles out to sea um so we had i think we had i think it was just under three hours on the island to search probably about three acres of land so does that mean that you kind of divide it into plots and then yeah. go and do a plot every yeah, day so the, the island staff they've they, they said right we want you to search this area first if we've got any mm spare time to come to this area Mm. we're hoping to go back out we were meant to go out the year after but covid kicked off um we were meant to go last year but bird flu so we're hoping to go back out this year um with a team of dogs to search the other end of the island where there's Mm. they think there's a bit of a hot spot Mm. and just hopefully over the next couple of years or so we'll just rotate through different parts of the island this was the first time such a survey has been done yeah. on the Isle of May. Yeah. Are you kind of doing this in order to benchmark numbers at the you know, 
yeah. as you can, as we can to kind yeah. of set a baseline, if you like, for future yeah. surveying. Uh, Is that the point? I, yeah. I'm led to believe this was sort of groundbreaking yeah. as a, a commercial business doing it. Yeah. When I say if people had done their own dogs and things, um, we were out there for just under three hours rotating the dogs through working them for 20 25 minutes or so in that three hours we had i think it was 61 or 63 hits the um wow. bird researchers went back in with their inspection cameras and things afterwards they actually went last year when there was birds on in nests and out out of 54 holes they checked 14 of them had chicks and storm petrol chicks in now you have a team of dogs who are all trained to smell and detect this particular bird. Mm-hmm. You're going to go back and keep, hopefully, hopefully go back yep, and keep yep. doing it. And was this new for you, that kind of conservation work? Uh, for the birds, yes. I, yeah. I cha- trained uh, dogs on pine martin scat before and otter scat, but it was the first time I'd done... Uh, so this is all very Scottish, isn't it? Pine yeah. martins and otter. Yep. That's what I thought was really interesting yeah. when we first spoke, yeah. was the whole sense of place that yeah. there is with this, because I've never been up to the Isle of May. I mm. expect lots of people haven't. No. It's uninhabited. Well, it is. Um, you've got the wardens live on there, and there is a... Um, it's called the Low, low Light. It's a, a, a bird observatory, and people can stay in there a weekly time, yeah. and things like that. And during the peak bird breeding season, you've got... a quite a few scientists on the island it can be quite a busy place um they limit the amount of visitors visitors can only go from the first of april to the end of september and it's limited to 125 people every day right um so yeah it's not populated as such there are months of the year where there's no one on the island but it's quite a busy place during the summer and is this whole kind of prototype, I mean, is, is this done, to your knowledge, in other areas in Scotland? Is this something that you think I've heard might of be projects of? on um, Manx Shearwaters, on, again, on the, the west coast of yeah. Scotland and uh, around that area. So tell me about the dogs. Right, OK. So work through them. They all look gorgeous. I've seen yeah, a photograph of them that uh, you've just shown uh, me. Yeah, uh, we've got Storm the Belgian Shepherd. Yeah. Um, He's actually trained on electronic devices as well. Oh, my gosh, OK. Um, and he's a, a search and rescue <laughs> Variety, dog. Yeah. right. Um, and obviously trained on the birds. He was 18 months um, when I took him out to the island. Um, Molly, my little sprocker, she's also a drugs dog. OK. Uh, and obviously trained on the conservation stuff. We've got Esme, that's a pet dog, that's Lucy's dog, um, just trained on Kong and the birds. Right. We've got Nelson. So she was like an extra to take along yeah, to the island. Yeah, um, yeah just sort of uh, we knew we'd have some redundancy uh, as much as we trained the dogs we didn't know what the weather's going to be like on the day were the dogs going to be distracted by rabbits mm. the goals coming around and things like that um so we uh, trained five dogs probably hoping i'd get three to work okay um and as it turned out we got four to work and esme would have done work if we really sort of so she was it. almost like a substitute yeah, yeah okay yeah. and the other two uh, we've got nelson again a sprocker who's also trained in drugs as well right um and piper uh, english springer spaniel trained on drugs as well okay and so yeah so i find that really interesting because i get that if you've trained a dog to detect one particular type of odor mm. it must know what it's doing when you're training it it to knows the game another. so it just yes. speeds up the process slightly yeah. yes so uh, 
most of our drugs dogs are trained on ten, uh, ten different drugs. Okay. So introducing a new odour to them is a really quite quick process. However, the search technique was slightly different, trying to get them to search in lines and things. So tell me about the dog's working patterns on the island. Um, You've said about setting them out on a line. That's yeah. about covering p- parcels of land, isn't yep. it? Yeah. And about making sure you're covering the whole thing. Yeah. When it comes to search technique, I mean, what do you do? I mean, is, is there a well, we the wind? Tra- do you take account of yeah, well, what, what goes through? Well, I did the site survey. Obviously, yeah. I had a, a good feel of the land, how it was going up and down, undulating, where the rocky outcrops were. Um, in my head, the, um, the best plan was to do sort of line searches. Hmm. Um, run a dog up a line move it across a little bit run it up a line or come back down a line in theory it didn't really work Um, why was that because because of of the the, the topology of the land yeah and the the dogs it was a target rich environment for them because we trained them to go to sort of every hole um and they were just sort of going everywhere um all on long line obviously because we didn't want them chasing rabbits or as much as we tried to prove them on that the plan obviously failed a little bit but um we did try and run the lines as much as we could and covered all the areas but you know Simon, i think that's an interesting thing because when you look at a map you would parcel it up into little squares wouldn't you and of course when you got there it's completely logical that you'd have to improvise as you go along yeah and obviously with the dogs hitting on not every hole, but quite a few holes. Yeah. Um, obviously, thinking of their reward as well. Most of them are ball mad or toy mad. So throwing a ball all over the place <laughs> if it goes down a burrow. So we introduced. Oh my them, gosh! Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> variable reward system. So the dog has to come indicate on the hole, come yeah. back to us to get their reward. Um, and then because we were hitting so many, we'd let them sort of hit on three or four holes, come back, have a play, get their reward, and then send them again. So just with the mechanics of it, presumably, I'm going to assume here, you're working with some kind of GPS and you must be marking the burrows. We were marking the burrows with um, sticks. Oh, OK. Yeah, so... Uh, OK, yeah. how... Very cool because, and old school, actually. Yeah, that makes GPS, sense. GPS, obviously, you, unless you're using sort of military grade GPS, there's going to be some slippage. It covers quite a large area with so many holes in close proximity. And if you said earlier that you found 60 holes in, you know, th- th- there must be quite a lot of them. Yeah. So yeah. it would make sense that to get precision, you'd mark them physically. Yeah. And how do you train your dogs to indicate? What are they doing? Um, Different dogs, different things, like mm. um, Molly and Storm, they, they, they both go into a sit indication. In fact, I think, yeah, all all the dogs use a sit indication. Okay. What does the working day look like? Because I think you said three hours Yeah, well, on obviously island. we had a boat trip over to the island, yeah. which was about uh, 20, 30 minutes. Mm. We were very blessed with uh, <laughs> the weather gods were on our side. It was a nice, calm day going across there. Um, got over there, let the dogs sort of... Uh, decompress after the boat ride a little bit get a feel of the environment all the smells as much as you train a dog with all those smells obviously when that island absolutely reeking for a dog of bird poo and things like that so we let him decompress for about 20-30 minutes and then set him to work and we just split the areas up into sort of three main areas uh, and we'd send three dogs away let them work for um, 
20 minutes or so, bring them back in, send another couple of dogs out and just rotate them through. And are you quite systematic about that? Are you kind of timers on your watch type um, thing? Yeah, the handlers were also looking at the dogs. If they mm. obviously thought the dogs were lagging a little bit, they would bring them out um, because they were having to work hard. Um, so apart from physical demands is this about how long they're concentrating for as Pretty well? Pretty much so, yeah, keep, yeah. How, how do you know when the dog is well, the starting dog, to you, the dog, There won't be any change in their body language yeah. at all. The, the dogs will go through the motions of, mm. but because they're having to work so hard their sniff intensity is really quite high because there's holes everywhere. Yeah. Um, we just said, right, maximum 20 minutes. Um, because there's so much stuff going on in the environment for them, it's almost overloading. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Interesting, because yeah. that must be very far from any normal searches that those well, five dogs would yeah, have done. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, because three of them are drugs dogs. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah, unless you're going into a, a drugs den, yeah. Yeah, they're not going to get that sort of many hits in such a short period of time. Yeah. And we we actually took samples as well, and we put samples out for them just to get them warmed up. Um, Afterwards, I mean, was it more tiring? Was it? How did the whole the, thing go? And did was was one of these five a particular star? How, how did they? Um, how did I think they fare? Molly had the most hits. Molly's when the little uh, the, sprocket. The spaniels were the better dogs for the environment. The, the Belgian Shepherd done well, but um, not as well as the spaniels. And Esme just went for a day out, a boat trip, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the, the spaniels certainly sort of came to the forefront here that makes Being sense a lot more smaller agile over the land into the burrows so that was the physical advantage because yeah. they are so quick aren't yeah they? yeah and obviously cover the ground a lot quicker as well so yes yeah the spaniels definitely and how do they cope with the boat trip and all of um, that? all the dogs we've done lots of um environmental training on the mm. boats um for three or four sessions before we even started the boats we were feeding the dogs on the boats because it was a rib a rubber mm. boat um which start the engine yeah and for, for anyone who doesn't know yeah. i mean a rib is an inflatable speedboat boat, yeah, basically yeah, isn't yeah. it yeah yeah it was actually a 10 meter boat um it takes passion uh, the customers out to the island um so for a couple of weeks before we even started the engines we've got the dogs used to jumping on and off the boat feeding on the boat make that a good association mm. um because i drive one of the boats as well we'd start the engine up let them feed while they have a little two-door around the harbour where yeah. it was nice and flat and calm and then we'd take them out to sea for a couple of days in different weather conditions no, nothing too rough yeah um, they all had life jackets on and things like that um, so yeah it was that was probably the the the, the hardest part for the dogs yeah um certainly for the the three dogs that had never been on uh, a small boat before and the other thing I was curious about was about their development in terms of how they work. Have you seen a difference in their drugs work, for example, um, after their island adventures? Did they certainly come when on they in came back, they, uh, I think introducing that new odour to them gave them a bit of a, a lift. Um, but the, the downside of it is obviously COVID kicked in, so yeah. most of the work finished anyway um we've got a contract with uh all the colleges where we live um five or six colleges so they were doing all their drugs work there all the colleges closed down so um, that sort of all dried up a little bit um but just keeping training the dogs we've got an industrial unit where we train all of the dogs uh you certainly saw a bit more zip in their step uh, afterwards yeah um benefit from the adventure yeah yeah. just that just uh, 
training them to do a different search type um, as well. I mean, dogs need that sort of a, variety, you know, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, guess, because yeah. if you're doing the same thing over and over, yeah. had, had this before when uh, someone I was talking to about wind farm work, yeah. saying it's fabulous training for one, two, three, three years, years. But if you do the same thing all the, the time, time, yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. They cannot cope so well with doing something different. Yeah, and so, so I guess dogs it's a balance. know when they're training to when they're doing a live operation as well. Do you, they? You do, yeah, definitely, oh, 100%. How yeah, do they know? Yeah. I, they obviously pick up on the vibe from the handler. Yeah. It's normally a different definitely a different environment in this case but just to go to a college for instance yeah. opposed to going to the unit or just training in the car park somewhere the dogs certainly come alive and you can see that little sort of perk in their step and uh, yeah amazing yeah when you were on the island for that what sounds like to me like the most blissful <laughs> exciting summer ever yeah. um how did you deal with rewards? I think you said you'd let them do three or four finds yeah, and then get initially them back. We, we were training or rewarding on every find. Yeah. Um, all the dogs were boar mad. Um, and obviously, our worry was that a boar would disappear yeah. down a burrow and never be seen again. <laughs> um, even though we did take spares with us, obviously, we didn't want the dog then trying to dig out the, the, the burrow. So basically what we'd done, we'd let the dog hit on something, give them a verbal reward yeah. as soon as they indicated get them to carry on searching let them do three or four searches or indications then bring them back to us reward have a little bit of a play in a, a safe area yeah. where we know we're not going to lose the, their reward uh, and then send them back into the search area for us it was a, an amazing opportunity and uh, we're look, certainly looking forward to going back out to the island yeah yeah. Can we talk again, perhaps, when definitely. you do go back yeah, out? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. I've Thank you. already spoken to the wardens, and you're more than welcome to come <laughs> and do it on the... the Lovely. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us. So, what an amazing summer. <laughs> I nearly called this something like uh, Five Go to the Isle of May, because it just reminded me of some kind of Enid Blyton 1940s story of disappearing off to an island for the summer, or for a bit of the summer, and uh, seeing all these wonderful seabirds and wildlife. It sounds amazing. I hope you enjoyed hearing Simon. I will put his details in the show notes and on the website. Uh, his business is Canine Manhunt and Scentworks Scotland. And uh, I'll put on how to find him if you would like to get in touch with him. Do keep the introductions coming. I love listening to and meeting and hearing all the stories of working dogs of all kinds and I do like to keep it keep a variety coming as you know so do not hesitate to get in touch until next time when I think I'm going to have yet another conservation dog we're having a run aren't we until then have a great couple of weeks dogs with jobs presented by Kate Fairweather and produced with John Wellsman <coughs> Made by volunteers in Petersfield, this is Shine Radio. Oh, it's like being in a little family. Um, I love the community spirit. I like coming out to events like this. This is my first event with Shine. I'm honing in on my editing skills right now. I've been allowed free reign of the controls this weekend. And yeah, I'm just learning loads of new skills, being able to broadcast, interview. It's really good. Petersfield's Shine Radio. You make it shine. Call Petersfield 555 500 or email team at shineradio.uk.